most of people live here are footballer or drug deal. I know most of the Newcastle footballer. You are not one of them, <laughs> so you have to be the drug dealer. <laughs> in it by myself, scared to hire people, scared to go bigger warehouse, yeah. scared to do any investment. Welcome to Brains Pine Brands. I'm Sher Bramley, your host on this podcast, and we unravel the secrets of business success. Join us on a journey through the minds of successful entrepreneurs and business owners who will share their stories of triumph over adversity, strategies, and lessons learned. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or just curious about what it takes to succeed in today's competitive world, our podcast will be the perfect place to gain knowledge and insights. Join us on this exciting journey to discover the secrets of success with brains behind brands. To help this podcast grow, please like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get to the show. So, um, Rez, welcome to Brains Behind Brands. Uh, yes. first guest on the first series so it's it's very exciting <laughs> I'm really excited to kind of uh, to find out more um, firstly would you like to kind of give everyone a little bit of an introduction about about yourself yeah my name is Rez uh, born and bred in Newcastle no I'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'm the CEO brand uh, behind the Mud Daddy and Go Knock Knock and uh, yeah I will tell you the rest of the story t- during the program obviously no, that's that's brilliant. So you know you're a successful business owner, uh, entrepreneur. Where did that start? Is that something that you kind of, as you grew up, um, you know, there was certain things with played a part in your life, or I think uh, I didn't have a much choices. You I born into the business. You know, yeah. my dad had a business, always was running the business, up and down. But uh, we didn't know anything more than, you know, running the business. Mm-hmm. And one very clear example of it is just when I was 10 years old, I asked my dad for his shoes for a school. And uh, he bought something for me in the wholesale market for me to sell it front of his shop, make money and buy my own shoes. Wow. And since then, I can't remember ever he gave me the cash. He actually made something for me to create my own money, create my own business. Well, and that was from a, a young age. Ten years old. I remember exactly was ten years old because of the year of the school, and um, that all this time when I grew up in Iran, uh, north of Iran, I was exactly the same till I was twenty years old and I arrived in the Newcastle. So I knew how to actually make a living out of you know nothing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just oh I want to have a business. Let's start the business. Let's go for it. No, I actually think it was in my blood. It was in. Uh, it it was chipped into my uh, brain. Wow. That's right. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm not arrogant. I'm just telling actually yeah. what is true, what is actually the reality. Yeah. Um, so do you think when you were, you know, obviously born in Iran, northern Iran, and like you say, you've you've experienced, you know, trying to make money from a from a very young age. How difficult was that? Was it something where you? You obviously easier seeing your dad and you know he was he was successful in, in in his in his business and you wanted to were you trying to prove to him that you could do that also or was it just a case of you know you needed this to- may become surprise for you that I, what I'm telling is that it wasn't hard for me at all it was just actually enjoy enjoyment and the journey mm-hmm. the journey was super excited for me whatever I done uh, Creating product, creating service, creating business, despite had lots of risk into it, despite I was struggling as a young uh, you know, man or when I became a little older, 
I always enjoyed, I remember, creating my own income, creating the business, creating the buzz around it. It excites me a, a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember just that excitement. I, I didn't really remember, or I still, I don't remember that what was the struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I uh, still push myself to don't remember the struggle, Stuart. Yeah. I, I really, and this would be my advice actually to anybody. I tell my kids the same. I said, you know, whatever you have in the past, if it's bad time, you have to forget about it, learn and move on. But remember the enjoyment because biz in the business, as we know, you have to be in the long distance run. You cannot be just for a one year, two year, three year. Yeah. And in this, you know, long distance, you cannot remember the bad stuff. You have to remember the positive and the enjoyment and the journey. Yeah, the journey. Other, otherwise, you will not last long. You will have a breakdown. You will have blah, blah, and all yeah. other stuff. So kind of going back to the, the journey, um, you know, you obviously traveled to Newcastle. What was that like? Why why did you kind of decide, yeah. okay, I'm going to come to England and Newcastle? Um, that's actually a very good question, but it is very strange because it's repeat question mm -hmm. from last week. Some other entrepreneur forum magazine coming out. They had the same interview and they asked me the same question. Wow. Yeah, exactly the same question. And uh, I have to give the same answer. Yeah. I f when I arrived in Newcastle, Stuart, I felt home. Okay, I'm, right. I'm not exaggerating. I've been to the Manchester for a travel. I've been to London. I've been to the uh, Cumbria. But nowhere I felt like a home mm -hmm. as Newcastle. Right. And this became more stronger as I live longer, you know. And now people ask me, oh, where are you from? I don't know what the hell I have to answer them, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Because I am foreigner in the both country. When I go to Iran, they say, oh, you don't live here. You live in Newcastle now 22 years. Yeah. You are foreigner. And I, so, uh, you know, but the feeling was great. Uh, I had a great time uh, finding friends, getting on with the people, yeah. getting in, uh, engaged in the actually business community from the start. Right. And uh, when I'm thinking about it now, I actually got engaged and that's why I got that response from, you know, community. Mm -hmm. Anything I wanted, I went and I found the right person and I asked the question. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I need little help on this one. I need little advice on that one, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. And I got engaged with the people, with the right people. And I was lucky also. So did you go did, out of, um, just before you came, did you come to university or did you, you know, come for education or was it a case of, you know, I'm just going to, go start a life in, in Newcastle. Like, what was what was that? And just quickly, before we dive back into the show, I just want to take a moment to talk about something crucial for any brand looking to grow in today's digital landscape. This series is sponsored by Mira Marketing, a specialist marketing agency that's changing the game for brands around the world. What sets Mira apart is they take time to fully understand your brand's goals and needs, ensuring they analyze all the data to provide the best possible solution to increase your sales and your return on investment. So if you're looking for marketing support, head over to miramarketing.co.uk. Now let's get back to the show. Newcastle has one of the best universities in the UK. Yeah. And I came here to study purely. Brilliant. But I realized very quickly, okay, after I improve my language and I become, you know, a, you know, a student, this is not something excite me. Because I read about the businesses in the Newcastle, in the UK, in the different part of the UK, and it excites me a, a lot. Mm -hmm. it, it just put full energy in my body. And I said, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I start working. I was working three shifts a day, dishwasher in the restaurant, reflet guy, mm -hmm. 
or do any odd job just to make a living because I knew my target. Yeah. And uh, that's how I started. And from university, did you always kind of think, right, you know, once I get through this, you know, I'm working my three jobs, I'm trying to save up a bit of money. You know, I'm, you came to Newcastle with no money. Um, what was what was the the catalyst to start the business? Where did that where did that spark come from? Uh, excitement about innovation. Mm. I love the uh, idea behind creating some product or service behind the problem. And I could see the stuff which other people couldn't see clearly because I got this comment of you are crazy many times. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, going to the innovation, going to the business, you need investment, you need your time, you need the energy, you need all that stuff. And it's not easy. And I had it from the start, not just in the UK, in Iran, the same. And I knew, you know, this is right for me. A study, um, uh, and don't get me wrong, when I'm talking about a study, I'm purely talking about the university. I still study day and night. But I do my study on YouTube. I do on the, you know, mm. uh, search. I read. I didn't know how to design product. I became product design in the six months because I read. Yeah. And I, I have my own university. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I go and I deep, you know, deep learning. I dig deep into the uh, stuff which I want to learn. Yeah. That's how it works for me. Um, but the from journey from university and deciding and moving fast onto the business journey was a great one. I have very uh, fond memory of it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's really exciting, but obviously in your, your unique position, you were a creator and an inventor. You know, your, your products that, you know, have come out, they come from your inspiration to, you know, provide some, where, where was that idea for that product? Obviously Mud Daddy, you know, you want to tell us a little bit more about Mud Daddy and how it started? Obviously, you know the story behind Mud Daddy because uh, we're working with you guys. But <laughs> you, what you don't know before Mud Daddy, we have, I had another business, selltoy.com, and it became wow. very popular as a website in the UK. Oh, wow, I don't know. Yeah, because, <laughs> and I kept this one as a shock for your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Exclusive, the, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the reason was that suddenly I find that all this secondhand toy going to the landfill is waste of the money and waste obviously is plastic. So I said, okay, let's start the website. We will buy all secondhand toy through the website from whole UK. Wow. We will clean them, repack them, and then resell them to wherever market can be. And this became fantastic business. In the one year, again, we started in our bedroom. We moved to the small like an office to the warehouse and it became so big we had to hire people and it worked very well. Wow. While I was doing this one, I think I was in it like 18 months and it was doing fantastic. It was doing really well for a second-hand second toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I saved around 120, 130,000. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we were living in the rented property. And I had a uh, big, massive German Shepherd dog. And this dog, I was taking it to a moi for a walk, coming home with the dog stuff, poo and everything else, horse and everything. And uh, it just wasn't ideal. And I thought, okay, I have to buy something to clean this dog. It, this massive dog cannot <laughs> yeah. come inside. I have to cuddle him, take him all the time, you know, upstairs to the bathroom. And I went out to actually purchase the product. And I wanted product exactly like a mud daddy, like yeah. a mud mommy. And 
pet at home didn't have, Amazon didn't have. I Google it, I couldn't find it. And I thought, okay, this is absolutely great. I'm dog lover. I know lots of people love dog. They have dog. They are dog parents. So it has to be something into it. It took me, believe it or not, only a week to wow. decide I'm going to just forget about all my life and just jump into this one. I I believe very strongly this will become multi-million problem. And I'm not exaggerating this. This is exactly my word to my wife. Because Donna looked at me and she thought, this this man is definitely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not just that. I said, we need to actually spend this money we saved to buy our house yeah. on the on the tooling, on the brand, on the... Uh, you know, establishing this company. So that was a risk in itself. You Massive. You just had, you just worked so hard to, you know, get get some money together from your first business. And, and then you went, don't have you know, any support, Stuart. You don't have any family here. Me and Dana, we came here, both of us immigrant. We started from nothing. We have this money to buy our first house when we are two kids and everything. Wow. So risk was even <laughs> higher than when I was younger. Yeah. But I, you know, I knew this will work now. I'm telling you now, I knew I work, but obviously it was massive risk. So at the time was the risk like, you know, it's so, it's so fascinating to, to hear the story of, you know, coming from Iran, studying here, you didn't have any money, you know, you, entrepreneurial and decided I'm just going to buy secondhand toys, clean them up, ship them out. Yeah. And then to, you know. And that's in- why I mentioned, uh, Stuart, it has to be in you if you yeah. want to do this stuff. You cannot learn this stuff. Some people disagree with us. They will tell, oh, you, ha- you can learn. And- no, you cannot. It has to be a little bit in you and then you put fuel on it and you grow it. Yeah, because that goes back to the risk. You know, there's, there's something in you that went, okay, well, I'm going to risk all this money that I've saved up to buy my first house. I don't have any support. You know, you you mentioned you and, you and your wife were, were immigrants and didn't have any anyone around yeah. you to, to, to lean on if, if something went wrong. And you went, you know what it is? I'm just going to use all this money and just, you know, risk it on, on this new venture. Like, you know, what, you know, where did that come from? What, what do you yeah. think it's just in you? Believing in the company. I believe in myself first of all, and I believe in the brand. I, I knew this mud daddy and the, you know, it has actually such a longer story. I don't think this podcast will, <laughs> the mud brand itself, you know, I went uh, and I spoke with the brand builder in Newcastle. They said for a start, it will charge you 5,000 plus fat, obviously. Wow. I said, okay. I came home. I said, is you know, I need all this money to be actually for a production and tooling. Yeah. I don't have a spare money for mud daddy. I said, okay, sit, sit. I said, mm, right, right, mud, 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 mud daddy has started. So when I I went to the website builder, I said, mud daddy. He said, it doesn't make sense. Mud daddy, what to do with the dog? What to do with the wash? I said, so this is the place. V- Believing in something comes to play. If if you believe in your gut, if you believe in your you know your vision, then you have to stick to it. I stick to the mud daddy. I said I want mud daddy. Just you make a website for me. Yeah. And um, they said, oh, I've, you know, it will be this one, that one, that one, another five thousand. I said, you know what? Forget about it. <laughs> I came home, Shopify. By myself, I didn't know even how to switch on the laptop. <laughs> so I bought the laptop, <laughs> Lenovo for £89, started the wow. design. And if you, uh, I, you know, I'm glad the website doesn't exist because if you saw it, you would be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Picture of prototype with the mud brand on the top and my dog and myself in the mud. And, uh, and uh, it just started. But 
the good point about it was people who had a dog, they mm. get it straight away. Mm. I didn't have any product in hand. I didn't even have a tooling, but people were placing order for it. They're paying $29.99 at the time. Really? Waiting six months to receive my daddy. Wow. And then that actually made me a little bit relaxed that I spent all this time, all this investment, and it's, it's something there. So there was the, the proof of concept kind of yeah. thing. So how did that, you know, creating the product and you know developing the product, where did that start? So I had to obviously learn a lot by myself. Yeah. Uh, going and talking with any specialist, it will cost you lots of money, which I didn't have at the time. Yeah. So I learned about the tooling. I learned about the production. I learned about the all aspect of the, uh, you know, uh, industrial design, which helped me a lot. And then I bought just one way ticket to China. So I went to the China. <laughs> yeah. And I just went and searched the factory, uh, plastic factory, molding factory. And it took me three to four weeks first time, but I find the factory which they would be happy to make the mud daddy for me. Um, some of the stuff obviously you do is not uh, you know great. You look at you look back now, you think okay, I could do that much much better. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't uh, you know it, it wasn't you know efficient way of taking product to market. But that's the way I knew. That's yeah. the way I could afford. You know that's the way I actually could make this brand works. And the rest is the history. Uh, we had the first production. I placed order for a 2000. By the time I came back to uh, Newcastle, I had over, you know, uh, 22,000 order. And I, we had it, and I didn't know, okay, to cancel it or to wait for it because no chance that tooling could manage even 22,000. So we had to cancel the order. We had to refund people. We had to, it, lots of stuff happened to make this brand success. And the journey was great. Journey was so how, great. how did they even, so obviously you'd went, you'd went over to China, one-way ticket, went to a molding plastic factory to try and find someone that could produce this product that you'd invented and come up with the idea of. And all these orders are already there, waiting for your kind of return and, you know, hoping that that, that could roll out. F- from a marketing side, how did all them orders appear? You know, were you, yeah. you know, what, where were you advertising or were you advertising? What advertising. was that marketing? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a big thing yeah. now, but I'm guessing back then, because you were on a limited budget, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Or probably you will confirm this one. The <coughs> 2007 ad pay, pay advertising wasn't as strong like it is now. Mm-hmm. But what was good about it, that organic post could reach a lot if few people right. liked it. 2007, I'm talking about 2000. Yeah. And I had only one video of the portable mud daddy washing the muddy dogs. And I was doing this one as a uh, as a dog owner on the many groups. No payment whatsoever. I didn't have any money for advertising. And people like that one. They like to share it, ask the question, purchase. Like, share, purchase. And we had this first batch arrive. We delivered to the customers and almost Anybody who purchased that first batch, they make a video, they make a picture, and they share it. And why was that? The product was, maybe you will think now, okay, this is just a super simple product. How innovative is that? And But it was innovation. The reason was it wasn't any product like that in the market. Mm-hmm. You could not wash your dog in the silent with the warm water anywhere on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And this is actually fact. 
and people used to uh, you know take the dog to the bath wash it with the cold hose outside yeah. and that's yeah. why dog was running away not scared. because of water they are scared of yeah, they didn't want the noise they didn't want the cold water yeah and that's why mud daddy proved uh, you know is the right product people were making picture oh my dog was nervous for water but it's not anymore this product washing the dog and you know dog is more than happy to so stay it was kind of like a, a viral marketing absolutely it before wasn't even, even a strategy it was just a case no, of it just that, went viral absolutely before even viral <laughs> it became viral yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started thinking about amazon but in the amazon you could not find the uh, wording portable washing device for a dogs or dog washing device yeah you could not find this and it's just crazy it's just be and I was by myself doing packing, doing you know, invoicing, doing everything, and I thought, okay, this cannot be like that. I have to bring people. We have to hire a small warehouse. But what we didn't realize is going to ramp up massively. Right. We got a small warehouse. Small warehouse became no good in the three months. Moved to the next one. Became no good in the one month. Uh, one year, we had to move even to the bigger one. So we had to ramp up. And the reason was we couldn't even believe ourselves how this growing nicely, how smooth this is growing with the nice margin, and people love it. So, what would you say? Well, at that point, were you kind of your major obstacles? And yeah, good question. Obstacle was that <laughs> we were not knowing lots of rule, not knowing how actually fast we can go. Right. Okay. And that was the obstacle. We didn't have any obstacle for a investment or for a product because was such a great product was selling itself. Yeah. Creating perfect margin, perfect cash. Up to now is one of the, you know, best uh, margin I ha- heard or read about. My mm-hmm. mother is absolutely cash cow. But even that time, as a start, yeah. Uh, for us, uh, was that not knowing many things. Otherwise, we could go much faster, go much wider. Yeah, so it was like a journey that you were learning whilst you were living it. Absolutely. I, I was fully in it by myself, scared to hire people, scared to go bigger warehouse, yeah. scared to do any investment, uh, just because I didn't know. And I was learning and I was uh, growing it. Um, and uh, I think that was the biggest obstacle. Otherwise, it would become much bigger than what it is now. Still, I'm not complaining. Still, it's doing fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have any complaint. But um, yeah, my answer to question would be that I didn't know many things. Yeah. And that's, a, that's really interesting. Like, you know, you've had so many, like, obstacles along <laughs> the way, you know, through, through your whole journey, you know, from being a, a child all the way through to coming, coming to the UK, to Newcastle, and, you know, Becoming an entrepreneur, which has, you know, led to success now. There's been so many obstacles and hurdles along the way. And to hear that, you know, in business, when you were kind of starting it, that it did so well because of how unique it was is is quite fascinating. You know, it's 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 brilliant. Um, do you have a, a moment where you went a defining successful, you know, this is success? You know, I think I've I've cracked it here. Was there a moment within my daddy where you kind of woke up one day and thought, this is it. I've, you know, it was it the orders that were there or I'd be really interested in that. No, uh, no, uh, this will surprise you. But uh, I realized I'm, uh, my daddy became a success when I 
when we purchase our house in the current location. Wow. I don't know if I told you this story or not, but it's a very funny story, actually. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. We moved to the very nice, good area of Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought a very nice house. When we move in, the neighbor came out and he said that, uh, oh, nice to meet you. And, uh, you know, you're moving here. Normal, you know, casual chat. And I said, yeah, we just moved here. He said, what's your name? I said, my name is Rez. And nice to meet you, nice to meet you. He said, you know, he's old, old, uh, you know, uh, old woman. She said, you know, uh, most of people live here are footballer or drug dealer. I know most of the Newcastle footballer. You are not one of them, so you have to be the drug dealer. <laughs> and this, this was just, this was just make me so happy. I said, I made it. <laughs> I made it. That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, that, and still, I make you know, I make fun of this because Dana was very hungry, but uh, it made my day. I said, yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. that's that's proof to me. I'm the, but uh, I'm very. I don't want to use the name paranoid. I'm very cautious about the success of Mad Daddy, because mm -hmm. he's uh, in my view is is a need to become much much bigger brand, mm -hmm. and even then I will become a paranoid. I need this to run for like ever. Mm -hmm. um, and the same with the go knock knock, you know. I took a, uh, just to just to jump in on that. Um, obviously, we spoke a lot about Mad Daddy. And, you know, be, because we work together and we're, you know, the, the marketing agency supports you um, with Mud Daddy, you know, you, you came to me and said, Stu, I've got this, this new creation, this new invention, um, go knock knock. And at first I was like, oh, another, another brand, another, you know, business that you're starting. Um, you know, do you want to tell the listeners kind of what, what that, what that is? Well, uh, the, uh, Mod Daddy success came uh, mainly from D to C, direct to consumer. Yeah, and we learned a lot during these six years. Yeah, that sending parcel to consumer is just fifty percent of the you know uh, run in your hand. The other fifty percent is actually delivering the parcel uh, successfully to consumer, and that's what uh, that was out of our hand. Royal Mail, I don't know every DPD, all of them they running the. Um, service, but not very satisfactory service currently but, uh, by any standard. And we were sending uh, 2,000 parcels uh, in the one day a few years back, and 50% of customers were complaining, oh, where is my parcel? The parcel is in the neighbor, parcel lost, parcel on the door when it's raining, it's snowing, or I don't want my parcel on the floor. And I haven't spoke with the neighbor for 30 years. It's just normal. And this suddenly became very clear for me from for uh, obvious reason. Me listening to consumer and my customers proved to me this is actually big, big gap in the market for another product. Mm -hmm. But it, I needed again to do my study. I needed to do my research. I needed to do my usual stuff. <clears throat> Took me a couple of months this time instead of one week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to become very clear that I need to change direction. I need to actually you know, move to the different industry. And again, it was a learning curve because I didn't know anything about the, you know, parcel delivery and what it is. But Go Knock Knock is uh, basically a smart parcel box. And the box itself is a composite, a special custom design composite material. So it's a light, but is super, super uh, 
impact resistant and the app and software behind it will allow you to accept your parcel or send parcel without moving out of your bed. Yeah. And this is comment from one of current users, current customers. Um, and it's doing fantastic, better than what I expected. But my target for Go Knock Knock is much, much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks to Mud Daddy, Mud Daddy is absolutely cash cow. You know, actually, this is good for a listener and for a, a Northeast people. You may don't know, but <laughs> Mud Daddy, I think, is one of the biggest shareholders in the Tesla in the Northeast. No. Absolutely. I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing because of, and my reason for telling you this one, Stuart, is that I won't tell you how cash generated a brand is this one. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can go and play in my own sand yeah. with the Go Knock Knock and with hopefully future brand. But uh, I'm concentrated on the Go Knock Knock now. I'm just, you know, 100% on it, running with it as fast as I can. Yeah. So in terms of the, you know, I've looked into Go Knock Knock, I've, you know, the innovation behind it's brilliant. It, it, it is something that I've not seen before. Um, you know, to have a you know, effectively a, a parcel box, you know, outside your house. You VIP know. parcel, we yeah, call it VIP parcel box. Yeah. And it, what's interesting to me is like the tech behind it as well. You know, it's not just a box where you would put parcels in. You know, what was the process behind, you know, securing it and making sure that you, you know, you had that full kind of tech innovation because the world is you know, all tech at the moment, so. Um, you know, sometimes they said you have to try and then luck will come. You know, we try our best to be in the right time, right moment, doing right stuff. But you would never imagine AI will come in the time which you're designing the smart product. Yeah. You would never imagine that you have a dog washing product and the COVID will hit the planet Earth. Yeah. And these two had a massive impact on the product I'm working on. Right. Um and the go knock knock AI is the reason is that it will make sending and receiving parcel massively easy. Mm. Is uh, taking massive challenge of time management out of individual hand and giving it, you know, free time. You have a free time from your parcel hassle from now on because of simple product. And I call it simple product because it is a simple. It is a box, it is an app, it is a software. But com- combination of this, it will actually resolve massive issue for the parcel delivery. You know, almost 40% of uh, first attempt delivery fail in the UK. And that's amount to massive amount of money. Expensive for the, yeah. And that's just a first attempt. Never mind lost parcel, missed parcel, or go to the locker parcel, all, all those sort yeah. of stuff. Um, by the way, that then uh, go to locker is new trick from the courier. They yeah. don't want to spend their own money or their time to deliver. They send you, okay, go to locker. So you can spend your, your money time. and your time <laughs> go pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing the trick. But um, yeah, it's resolving real issue. And what we did, we created nine prototype. And I uh, asked a friend uh, around Newcastle, I said, just recommend anybody who buying the online shopping on the daily basis. And last year we put them on the different people's house. Every four weeks, move the parcel box to the different, just to get the feedback. Right. What yeah. we need to add it, what we need to take. And we learn a lot. We learn a lot, which resulted in the current go knock knock. Yeah. And also it had another shock for us. We delivered it to somebody um, who was mother, who had a disabled child. 
And this disabled child is 42 years old. For him to stay at home, um, he has to have a carer because he has a parcel every day. He has a medicine every day. Yeah. And accidentally, they realize that actually he doesn't need carer half of the time which he's supposed to have because now he can uh, you know, manage his parcel. He can accept that medical, he can accept the food without rushing to the door. Right. Obviously through the app and taking the time. Because that's wow. the biggest problem with the parcel delivery. They are there for only two minutes. You have yeah. to open door, accept, done. Pretty much running down the drive by the time you get the door. Yeah. And then we took the box away after four weeks and she said, please bring it back or I order one. And I realized, okay, we never told about disability market. We never told about the you know access for this uh, uh, Accessibility, yeah. Yeah, this part of the market. But now half of our customers are the disability. That's brilliant. Yeah, and we're talking with many, uh, you know, disability community in the UK wow. to install for them free of charge. Mm -hmm. But obviously because we have a subscription and they use it as a subscription. Yeah, so that's, that's fascinating. And I mean, you, it, it, what's common between all of this is the certain challenges that you've faced, you know, through... Um, through just personal experience that have led you to create products that you know you need and then that goes and you know you come up with an idea and it turns into a you know a business and a brand that actually helps people's lives you know it's it, it's absolutely you know fantastic it's but it's kind of analytic also Stuart uh, I think you do this also you do, you know, you, you check the market, you check the idea, you check the service, mm -hmm. and then you balance it to see if it's worth it uh, or not. Risk balance. Um, and I'm sure we will come to this question, uh, you know, what changed in me? And I will answer you earlier than the, your question. <laughs> yeah, I learned recently to tell no a lot. I do a lot of no, not to the people, not to the, I tell no to my own idea. I'm the guy who come up with the idea every day, every week. Uh, being it on the marketing, being on the product design, being on the, because I have to run with the best one which I have at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that Mud Daddy and Go Knock Knock are the two best one in my hand at the moment. And they're proving they, they have very good track record up to now. And uh, I will just run with it. But I learned to tell no. I have idea every day and I tell no, absolutely no. <laughs> yeah. You're not even thinking about it next day. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. So how do you how do you kind of you know that that's something yeah I I would personally say I I'm not great at saying no you know because naturally you know people please are you want to do your best for everyone do you feel like it's impacted your life as an entrepreneur a lot by by doing that I I became I think I became much subtle more relaxed person but I don't have many best friends which is actually a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you're telling too many no, they don't like you. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good thing. I can spend more time with the family and with the product which I love rather than the best, so-called best friend. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that no telling had changed my life. I do the stuff which I love. Yeah. You know, before we had a chat, you, uh, you chat we had uh, about the, uh, I'm really into the podcast and I enjoy watching it. I haven't watched TV for a good two, three years. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't because uh, I don't want to listen to the crap stuff I want to listen to the good stuff which I enjoy yeah. and that's in the podcast I go search the podcast about business about the sailing yeah. uh, and I learn about that stuff and I enjoy it yeah it seems like it's a 
it's like embedded in you. You know, you've, you've always, like you were saying, when you go back to your early days, you know, you didn't know how to start a business. You didn't know how to, you know, create a product, but you learned. You were constantly yeah. Googling and you are going on YouTube and you are trying to, to learn. And that seems like you're saying, like listening to podcasts every day and mm. trying to find out new information is that continual, you know, education to yourself really and to better yourself which you're 100 right this year and i i design my own way of learning mm-hmm. B- because i don't want this way to be suitable for the next person or for a hundred person this is just for me yeah i i uh, design it for myself uh, to suit only me mm-hmm. because that has that that's the way it has to be yeah otherwise it's, it just bother me and it just waste my time mm-hmm. uh, i want to spend my time with my family with the you know with the stuff which I enjoy rather than do the stuff which I don't enjoy. So the, all the, the listeners that are obviously, you know, will be fascinated by this story and, you know, what advice would you give to them entrepreneurs that, you know, might be starting out small business? Um, what is that kind of one, one piece of advice? Yeah, that you that's a very unpopular comment I will make now <laughs> because I, they asked me a few times and I said, actually, people who, especially in the UK, especially in the Newcastle, if you make excuse that is not the right time, it's not the right moment, that's pure, uh, you know, excuse. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best time to start business and it's one of the easiest time to start business. So if you have an excuse that you are not doing and you're struggling in your current job or whatever it is, then you make an excuse. Mm-hmm. And it's no good f- uh, for me to spend time to think about it. Yeah. But and just jump into it, jump. But you know, we talk about the risk. I'm the ma- I'm massive risk taker. But I never been to the casino. I've never gamble on the dog, horse, or anything like that. I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. What this tell myself when I analyze it is that I like to take calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Whatever that calculated risk mean, I yeah. don't know. But it, it can be massive. It can be a small. But I don't want to do the crazy risk. I want to do the calculated one. And you're taking the calculated risk into the thing that you've you've kind of bought into. You know, you've you're taking that calculated risk in your belief that this will be successful, your belief that this is a product that yeah. will work, this is a business that'll work. And I think that's that's a credit to yourself, you know, it's not the take of a sake of kind of you know, you're willing to gamble on yeah. yourself and that's because again, you're accountable for yourself. Uh, you recognize this one very well, Stuart, that the, I don't want to be another next Apple seller. I don't want to be next uh, barbershop. I don't want to be next, I don't know, taxi driver or dealership. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the respect to them, they do a hard job, but I don't want to spend my act- actually great time on those. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, innovate something. I want to create something which uh, people will tell this product, how we manage our time before Mat Daddy, how manage our time before Gonakna. Mm-hmm. And that's actually give me lots of excitement, lots of enjoyment, lots of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That uh, I created something, people using it and they enjoying it, mm-hmm. rather than it's another, another next one and doesn't make any difference. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, being, a, <coughs> being an entrepreneur, brand owner, you know, businessman, it's quite a, sometimes it'd be quite a lonely journey you know you're kind of on your own you you know people don't see the ins and outs and the and the struggles that you that you're going on and you know you you mentioned something before which was fascinating to me you know you, you mentioned that for the first time you know going out and sharing your story you know you, your family's starting to understand yeah. really what it is you do and the struggles that you yeah. went through because 
you know, you've got a, a nice life now, but that wasn't always the case. And you, you are, uh, it's still, it's still sometimes, uh, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's true. Sometimes you're struggling as you are, mm -hmm. you know, for a, for a person to put the time, energy, money, the, everything you have on the product, which other people don't see. It's not like everybody agree with you. Oh, mud daddy is fantastic. Portable washing device for a dog. Yeah. It's going to <laughs> conquer the world. Everybody against you. Yeah. What's this rubbish? The same go knock knock, the same whatever other business owners do. They have the same experience as me. I'm 100% sure. Mm -hmm. You struggle. But what, how you come out of this struggle, how you manage it, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that teach you a lot down the line. That how to manage it, how to you know, sort it out and come out of it as a as a better person. Yeah, that's that's amazing to to hear. Um, so in terms of the future, you know, for yourself and and for the brands, you know, what what does the future look like? Future uh, on the mud daddy side or mud mommy side and mud mommies actually. Yeah, we we recently hired CEO. Because it's becoming a little too big and too fast to manage by myself. Yeah. Despite I have a great team, mm -hmm. and uh, we're trying to expand, you know, push the uh, European side and uh, still the UK side because we haven't touched really the market. Mm -hmm. We haven't touched even ten percent of the market. <clears throat> we're going to new uh, category with the mud daddy, and then uh, I'm uh, spending ninety percent of my time currently on the go knock knock. Mm -hmm. Uh, taking it to the market. First batch was delivered. Second batch coming very soon. Working on the app, working on the software, um, trying to you know build up new team around the go knock knock, and uh, you know just build this one to become absolutely life changing for anybody who lives in the UK for a start, because online shopping is just a start. You know we do everybody now these days they do online shopping. But for a waiting at home for a parcel or go to post office to pick up or for a return to go to the shop, it's just not ideal in the 2024. Mm. When you have a Uber, when you have a, you know, you press the button and the taxi comes to your house, it just doesn't make uh, sense. And the reason is that these few big players in the UK, they are too relaxed. They don't want to innovate in anything. Mm. And uh, we will change it. I, I'm uh, Now I'm more confident than a few months back that uh, go knock knock will change the parcel market once forever. Uh, it will take us time. It, it's not going to happen <clears throat> 12 months, 14 months, but it's going to uh, change it very nicely. Amazing. No, that's, that's fantastic. Um, well, Rez, you know, thank you very much for, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Obviously, it's the first one that we've done, the first of the series yeah. for Brains Behind Brands. That's like winning the lottery for me. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to getting your story out there. I mean, it, it's absolutely fascinating. You're very successful. You've had your struggles, but you've also had your successes. And, you know, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, no doubt, obviously, we 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 work together quite quite a lot with, with the brand. So, um yeah, best of luck and thank you for being on. Thanks so much, Stuart. My pleasure, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot.